Hello, this is Men Are Nuts, a podcast for men, for men, for young people, for even women. Men Are Nuts, M-A-N, the acronym, Men Are Nuts. And this is a podcast to help people to listen, for men to talk. This is for everyone to come on and chat about anything and everything to do with mental health and emotional awareness. We have a special guest for you today. Introduce yourself. Hello, Andy, and thank you very much for inviting me to um, be a guest on your on your podcast. It's a huge honour for me to be here. So, so my name is James, uh, James uh, Woodworth, and I help people take control of their mental health and well-being using the Thrive Programme. So I'll tell you a little bit about the Thrive Programme, and then I'll say a little bit about how I became involved in doing what I'm doing. James, James, so, James, can I stop you? Can I stop you? Where are you? Where about? Where are you about to be based? Right. So I'm based in Cambridge in the UK, but I run an international business insofar as I work with clients throughout the UK and overseas using Skype. So. Um, it doesn't really matter whereabouts in the world you live, doesn't matter what your time zone is, um, if you would like me to help you, I can help you. Right. Is it, is it cold over there at the moment? It's not that bad, to be honest, Andy. It's, um, it's, it's, it's really like, it's like March or April. It's actually very, very pleasant. A little bit of chill in the air, but it's actually quite spring-like, so yes. it's very pleasant. I've visited, um, I've visited Cambridge and, and, and Oxford as well, and, um, the very very nice places very nice places i remember one time going to was it cambridge i went to one of the first ones i went to where they had loads of bikes there's all bikes cambridge everywhere. Had loads of yeah yeah, cambridge yeah. Had yeah, yeah lots yeah. of bikes there and 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 everyone just goes around on bikes and so you know i'm hoping it's still like that now because i think that was quite a long time ago i went i went to cambridge no no cambridge is a cycling city yeah <laughs> All right, let's tell us about, you know, Thrive and, and, and the programme. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so I, I, I coach people um, to take control of their mental health and well-being. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a therapist. I'm, I'm not a counsellor. The Thrive programme is not therapy. It's not counselling. I take a coaching approach to teaching people how to thrive. Um, my background is actually in teaching, mentoring and coaching. So I've been a full-time Thrive program consultant now for about five, six years. And before I started doing this, I was a teacher in a further education college. So I've always loved um, teaching and supporting and helping. That's always really been my, my passion. But it's really interesting because although I've always loved learning and always loved teaching and helping others, I personally really struggled at school. Um, really struggled at school and I, I, I left school at 16 with very very few qualifications I did actually go on to do very very well educationally but initially it was a it was a difficult start for me it, it wasn't because I didn't understand what was going on around me because actually I've always loved learning but the problem was as a child I was really painfully shy and very very socially anxious and so uh, I found schooling well, terrifying, to be honest with you. I mean, I used to dread being asked 
questions in front of the group, having to solve sums in front of everybody, all that kind of stuff. Hated yeah. sports because I couldn't compete with the others and just felt like um, I felt weird and out of place and I was very, very withdrawn. Yeah. So that was a real problem. But I loved the idea of, of learning and I loved the idea of teaching. So I made the decision when I was 28 to be a teacher. Um, but at that point, I was still lacking in social confidence. I mean, I couldn't speak in front of a group of people. I just, my mind would go blank. I'd trip over my words. I'd blush. I'd have to have people speaking for me. But I really, really wanted to teach. So I made it a mission. I made it my mission to, to conquer my social fears and yeah. become a teacher. And that's what I did. I kind of taught myself to overcome it. But the thing is, Andy, it took me a long time. Yeah. Because I didn't have a mentor or a coach to help me along the way. And I became a bit of a self-improvement junkie, you know, reading all these self-help books and um, going to conferences and trying to work my way through it. But I realized that if you've got a supportive coach on your side, it's so much easier to, yeah, to, yeah. to reach your goals. Um, so I loved teaching. And although I taught a subject, I taught art and design primarily. But actually what I really enjoyed teaching was teaching the kids that I worked with to believe in themselves and to like themselves and to know that they had a future. Because I worked in further education and most of the kids that came to me um, had left school with no qualifications or very few. They didn't, in, they hadn't enjoyed their schooling. They very often didn't really believe in themselves. Um, so it was really about teaching them to like themselves, believe in themselves and to know that they had a future. That's what I really enjoyed teaching. Yeah. Teaching self-belief, teaching high self-esteem, getting these kids to to like themselves and, and, and to learn to thrive. And so when when I had the opportunity to become a Thrive Consultant, I thought, that's it. That's what I want to do. I want to teach people to thrive. And that's what they do. Brilliant. So, so in, a, in a sense, you've... And I'm, and I'm finding this a lot, is that where, where, where someone felt that they, they fell down at a young age, they've actually gone yeah. back to it, to that... Thing, that place where they fell down. So, where you where you felt that you was lacking um, in terms of education, that you've actually gone back into it and now are helping others. Yeah, when I when I look back on on my childhood, it wasn't as if I, I, I didn't have a I didn't have a difficult childhood. Um, I didn't have a difficult education. I went to it was a big, it was a massive, comprehensive. Um, school on the outskirts of this grim post-industrial northern city, but you know, I can't, I can't say that there was anything in my childhood which was the cause of my shyness or social anxiety. And I think one of the reasons why I overcame it as a young adult was because I came to realise that actually the past was in the past. There's nothing you can do to go back and change the past. And actually, the past isn't influencing the way I feel about myself now. Yeah. How I feel about myself now—that's down to me. And I just took ownership of my my mental health and I just took ownership of my psychology and made made the decision that I was gonna change my life. Yeah, so in terms in terms of when when you said you've you you felt like like you know, anxiety or um, social anxiety, how how if you if you can, can you tell the listeners a little bit about the moments and and why and what it is you were feeling. What was what were you feeling at that time? 
Um, I remember. I, I can give you some examples. I, I, one of the one of the the fear based issues I had was examination anxiety. So I couldn't I couldn't do exams. I remember I remember doing one exam. I think it was my mock GCSE English. Now you've got to bear in mind that I loved English, and yet I sat in this exam at a desk and couldn't write a single word. And in fact, I handed in, this is no joke, I handed in a blank sheet of paper at the end of that lesson. I could not think of a single word to say. My brain literally froze. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? But I also remember absolutely crapping myself, queuing up outside lessons, waiting to go in, um, just absolutely dreading the teacher asking me to solve a sum in front of the other kids or to ask to read out loud. Don't ask me to read out loud whatever you do. And of course, whenever I was asked to do these things, I couldn't do, I couldn't even utter a single word. And of course, the teacher would just lose patience with me and send me to the back of the class to sit where all the other thickies were sitting, you know, and it was just so humiliating. But that was a daily experience for me. And I hated sports as well, absolutely hated. You know that dreadful thing where they get you to line up yeah, yeah. And, two, and two confident kids pick their teams? Right, well... Yeah, yeah. It was to say, I was like always the last to be picked. You know, you know, it was just dreadful, yeah. awful. So, in a sense, then, when we, when, when, your, it was compounded. So, basically, your and your anxiety and your shyness and all those yeah, things, yeah. it got compounded more throughout your, your, because even you, even though you say, and I understand what you mean, where you say you, you didn't have a, you know, you didn't have a. Uh, about upbringing and all that sort of stuff. You, you, you were shy, you, like you said, you, you had social anxiety, but then as you went through your your young age and, and, and growing up in a sense, teenage age even, it was compounded by certain things that were happening. So not being, you know, not being first to be picked or, you know, yeah, like you yeah. say, exam, exam marks and, and you know, not, not putting in, not putting in, you know, a blank piece of paper for the exam. So, in a mm. sense, we're looking at things like anxiety and, and as part of mental health um, and awareness of it. Um, what would you, what would you say to, to to listeners about, you know, coming away? How how you managed to to kind of was it is it a sign of confidence? What 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 actually what actually helped you to get out of that? Cycle. It was well. There was a couple of things. First of all, although I struggled at school, I knew I wasn't stupid. Yeah, um, I knew I wasn't stupid, and I loved learning. I used to love going to the library and getting books out, and I would study and I would read. But I wasn't interested in studying what the teachers wanted me to study. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't interested in learning what they wanted me to learn because I found the school curriculum to be extraordinarily dull and uninteresting. Um, but I knew that I wanted to learn. I just needed to get away from what was a, an environment I could not relate to. Yeah. But it, so it, was that, it was that inner kind of, I had like this kind of inner passion to know that I had something to offer, that I, that I, I was intelligent, that I did have a keenness and a passion to do well, but I just didn't fit in. So I suppose one of the realizations was the fact that, well, I don't have to fit in. You know, I don't have to fit in, as, as somebody much wiser than me once said. You know, why, why do we seem to spend so much of our time trying to fit in when we were born to stand out? You know, I didn't have to be the same as other people. But of course, when I was a kid, I didn't want to stand out. I just wanted to be like everybody else. I just yes, wanted, yes. wanted to, I wanted to fit in. I just wanted to be like everybody else. I didn't want to be different. 
but I was different in a way. Um, well, I, I guess the, the turning point for me was realizing that um, the anxiety that I was experiencing, this wasn't something that was happening to me. It was something that I was creating. And if yeah. I was creating it, then I can overcome it. Yeah. And that is critical. It's, it, it, it's having that strong sense of personal power where you know that actually, you know, the, these negative thoughts are negative thoughts that I'm creating. This anxiety is something that I'm creating. It's not happening to me. Um, and I can I can take responsibility of, of, of my thoughts and my feelings and I can change that. I can turn it around. Yeah. So in a sense then from 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 you from you changing then to to gaining this newfound confidence in a sense yeah, yeah which it is newfound confidence. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. What did you did you end up going to university? What, what actually happened? You get did you get more qualifications? What actually happened? Yeah, so I, I left school with very very few qualifications, but my I had a passion for for art and design, painting and drawing in particular. So I went to art school initially. And uh, I got on really, really well there because that was an environment where I did fit in. So I did, I did a degree in fine art, uh, and I did very, very well. And I, 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 my confidence grew enormously. And then I did um, a, a master's degree in art theory, but I was moving more towards the psychology of art, the philosophy yeah, yeah. of art. Yeah. Um, and uh, and at the age of 28, that's when I decided I, I wanted to teach. But I was still I was still very nervous. Like although I did really well at school, I couldn't stand doing things like group crits. We used to have these group crits where you had to talk about your work in front of everybody else. Yeah. I couldn't do couldn't do that. The teachers used to speak on my behalf. So it was while I was, it was while I was doing my teacher training that I that I just put massive effort in and said I, I, I belong here. I want to do this. I loved that. It was a full time teaching qualification I did I loved every minute of it and I just put in the effort I just worked really hard I challenged myself I volunteered to speak in front of yeah. people and, and, and I just learned to tolerate the fact that it, I felt nervous and I think it's because I knew that I could hide from the challenges of life if I wanted to do so but if I was to hide and avoid and seek safety from challenging situations I'd never I'd never achieved my goal of being a teacher yeah. and so my passion for teaching was more important than avoiding and seeking safety. And so I just um, I just grasped the problem and just said, you know, I'm going to tolerate the fact that I feel nervous. I'm going to tolerate the fact that I might make a fool of myself. And I'm just going to keep doing it. I'm just going to keep pushing through until I've conquered my fears. It took it took a while, but I got there. Yeah, it's fantastic. So in, in a sense now, you've, you, you, you went into teaching and, yeah. and that, that, was, that was your newfound passion, which kind of, would you say that may help you to blossom and, and, and give you that kind of confidence? Uh, absolutely. I, I was a teacher for 25 years and I loved every single minute of it. Yeah. Loved teaching. Absolutely loved that. I became a teacher trainer towards the end of my career. So for the last 10 years of my teaching career, I was teaching teachers to be teachers. Oh, fantastic. And it was just um, wonderful. I also, I also really, I also really, um, I became really interested in working with with the most difficult kids in the college to work with, I became really interested in in um, uh, behaviour management because a lot of the teachers I was teaching were good teachers and they loved teaching and they were they were really knowledgeable. But the one thing they struggled with was managing the behaviour of real yes. yeah. kids, and I had to teach them how to do that. So I was trained to be a behaviour management specialist, and I did all the primary behaviour management training across the college. 
uh, and I and I and I volunteered to work with um, the most difficult kids. And I, I I I created a program for them, which was just about them learning to believe in themselves and to like themselves and, and to learn to love learning. Um, and I found that really really satisfying because these these children, the children are 16, 17 years old. I mean, their their behaviour was just as bad as bad as it gets. But you know what, Andy? I found that within about ten weeks they would completely change from being absolutely obnoxious to being charming, well-behaved kids. Because actually, deep down inside, they, they were good kids that were just terrified. Yeah. Um, and so they, they they didn't trust authority figures. They, they, they didn't they didn't belong at home. They didn't belong at school. They didn't trust authority figures. And so they lashed out at anybody who they associated with, with, with authority. And I just realised that quite early on, and so I didn't discipline them. I, I was just patient with them. I was kind and supportive. And after a while, they thought, "Actually, we're not going to wind you up. We're not going to, we're not going to torment you because actually, you're quite a decent bloke, really." And so they they realised that um, I wasn't going to get annoyed by their behaviour. I wasn't going to take it personally, and I wasn't going to give up on them. That they weren't problem kids. They were just kids with problems, and they 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 changed their behaviour very very quickly. And it, kind of, and it sort of made me realise that that actually, you know, poor behaviour doesn't just manifest itself in antisocial behaviour. It, 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 it results in, in poor mental health. It results in people not managing their, their thinking well and creating depression or not managing their thinking well and creating stress and anxiety. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I found was that actually you can teach people to improve their mood you can teach people to overcome their fears and their phobias you don't need the medical model you just need to understand what makes people tick you know what actually that it's just badly managed thinking you know you're just not managing your thinking as well as you could do um and so i do i feel very very strongly that i think as we move forward with mental health i think we'll find a lot more emphasis being placed on a mentoring and coaching approach to helping people um, overcome mental health difficulties as opposed to therapy and counselling. I don't have anything against therapy and counselling, by the way. I, I know that therapists and counsellors do a lot of good work. I'm just saying that I think we need to broaden and expand um, the way in which we think about helping people with mental health problems. Yeah. So do you, do you have you found that um, over over the years, you've, you know, you've been you've been you've done teaching for a long time, and you know, you do the Thrive mm. program. Have you found that now um, that more and more we're seeing it? What have you have you found it within your that your time that things have changed for young people and and just in terms of mental health? Because now we're aware of it and now we're noticing things. You know, is it is it is it more prevalent now than it ever has been in a sense? because of social media and all these sort of things that are happening you know we hear about things like you know ADHD all these all these names given to um, uh, the way the children behave or whatever do you have, have you is it is it that we're waking up to these things or has it always been there or you know what's your take well I think this the, the simple answer to that question is I, I, I do think that with that young, young people are struggling more. Uh, psychologically than they were yeah. 10, 15, 20 years ago. I think there's a there's a lot of pressure on them to do well at school. Definitely. Too there's, much. A lot of, there's a lot of 
too much pressure to do well in exams. I think they're under a lot of social pressure to join gangs, to be accepted, to show that you're cool. Um, the, the, the social media is making it very, very, putting a lot of pressure on them. Um, we've got a lot of young kids that are, um, if, if the, the idea of like the social pressure one's really, really interesting. Because a lot of young kids who don't feel they belong at home, if they don't feel they belong in school, they're going to get their need for connection met in some other way, which might be through joining a gang, which might then draw them into getting involved in criminal activities, um, or it could be sexting, inappropriate sexual activity, yeah. and things like that. A kid who's thriving, they wouldn't do that. They'd just say, no, I'm not doing it. Because a kid who's thriving, wouldn't give in to social pressure. They wouldn't be obedient to authority. They wouldn't allow themselves to be drawn into activities which would be harmful to them. They think about the long-term consequence. They're not going to be obsessed with social media. A thriving child couldn't care less about how many people like their posts. And they're not going to be looking at the phone every five minutes. So I do think it's critically important that young people learn how to thrive because Thriving kids will be able to deal with the pressures of life so much better. Kids today are under more pressure, but that's not to say that they can't learn to deal with those pressures. Yeah. So we talk a lot about millennials who, who haven't got the resilience that their parents had. We're now talking about the snowflake generation. I mean, they, these are young people who lack the robust resilience that their grandparents had. I mean, just think what our grandparents went through. I mean, you know, they went through hardship, which is unimaginable yeah. to the to the mind of a young but they but they they dealt with it because they, they they had the skills and the resources, and we're not teaching our kids, we're not helping our kids to develop the skills and the resources to be able to deal with the pressures of life. So yes, they are under a lot more pressure. That's why we need to get kids thriving and parents thriving and school teachers yeah. and as many people as possible, because of course a, a thriving child and a thriving teenager, because they're thriving, wouldn't find themselves under the kind of psychological pressure that might push them over the edge, that might create a fear of phobia and anxiety or depression, because they would have that ability to be able to to, to deal with what comes their way. Yeah. So, really, um, when we look at things, um, and I found this with a lot of the guests, is, is what's happening is the person who's gone through it like yourself you, you've, you're in almost because you've gone through, um, like you say, the things that you see in children now or young people. Yeah. Because you've gone through it, your best place in a sense. Yes, you might not have. You know, we talk about these psychologists, and 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 yeah. I'm not. That's not to say anything about them. I'm saying yeah, for for someone who's been through, who's been through certain. Is, you know issues whether it's anxiety or depression or whatever yeah. they and they've come through the other side in a sense they're probably the best place ones to then look and think oh I can connect with that person I can connect with that young person I can I can see what they're going through I can I can see rather than someone who who has not been through those things you I can see that from you you've you, like you said you the anxiety and all these sort of things you're now best play in a in a in a best place to kind of notice it from in young people having worked with um, um young people as well you you you're now putting yourself out there to kind of almost like champion the cause of uh, of 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 you know mental health 
I, I know I know that it's possible for people to transform their lives. I know that it's possible for people to overcome any mental health difficulty that they have. Um, a lot of people might think that mental health um, difficulties are complex, multifaceted, hard to understand, difficult to overcome. I don't agree. You know, I think I think I think people can learn to understand their mental health difficulties um, and, and, and learn quite early on in that process to completely overcome the problems that they have. But of course, if you buy into the into the myth, you know that that mental health problems are complex, difficult to understand. You know, you're making life very very difficult for yourself. I think we understand, you know, precisely. Um, what what causes mental health problems, which is really to do with the person's psychology, how they are interpreting events, how they are explaining situations for themselves, their, their sense of powerlessness, the lack of belief that they have in their ability to take control of their life. When people understand that and they're given the skills and the resources and they learn to understand their psychology, they can flip that actually really quite, quite quickly in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. So, in 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 a sense, in 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 closing, and and kind of bringing this 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 episode to to um, a a kind of a kind of how can I put it? Not 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 the end because we're going to be talking a lot more in in future. Yeah, yeah. But just let people. Could you let people know what your thoughts are? And you know, you've said it just then. You know, you work in the Thrive program, and I, and I kind of want you to kind of let let people know out there that are listening that what they can do to help um, others and help themselves with mental health and awareness and emotional health. What I, what I would what I would say um, to anybody that's struggling with their mental health is that their mental health difficulties they're not happening to them. They're not being caused by external factors that are out of their control. You know, they're not being held captive by some symptoms that they're incapable of changing. You know, we we have within ourselves the capacity and the capability to take ownership of our minds and what it is we choose to think, feel and do. Mental health difficulties are not difficult to overcome. Anybody who is struggling with a mental health difficulty can learn to completely overcome those issues quickly as long as they've got the right kind of support, the right kind of mentoring, the right kind of coaching, which is what we focus on with the Thrive Programme. The Thrive Programme is an easy to understand, easy to follow, evidence-based psychological training programme that can be completed within six to eight sessions. That's how long it takes for somebody to understand the fundamentals of what makes what makes their, their mind work. I'm not saying that you can master psychological health in six weeks but you can certainly learn the skills and the resources and also how to self-coach so that you continue to to, to learn and improve from from that point onwards it's not it, it's not difficult um you just need the right kind of support which is what the thrive program is all about yeah that's fantastic and 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 that's that's definitely like i say i mean i've said it you know i've said it numerous times now it, it's it's about you know, network and you know, family support. You know, if you have the family with you and, and even a friend or you know, somebody that you can trust, like you say, 
it's about gaining that trust and and just opening up and 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 having having a having a talk. Um, having it's, a it's important. It's important to talk, and I'm glad that there are people talking about their mental health difficulties. It's important to talk, but it's even more important to take action. To actually to actually take positive, bold, constructive action, and actually do something to. Um, overcome those difficulties, and something like, and that's why the Thrive Program is so powerful because it's a practical, hands-on approach. People don't just talk about their mental health problems; they are given skills and resources to change their life. It's about self-empowerment, and it's about taking control of your mind and your emotions and feeling empowered, and knowing that whatever difficulties you're facing, whatever obstacles come your way, you have the personal power to overcome them. And learning how to think productively how to think constructively so it's good to talk it's even more important to take action yeah brilliant and this is i mean i'm, I'm glad you've done this episode because this is um child's mental health awareness week um yeah. so i mean sometimes we put these things in and we say weeks or days and we kind of put a it seems like we put a limit on it but it's not really about just a limit it's not the week or you know it could be the whole year it could be the next five years or ten years so, you know, and just tell them, just tell the listeners where they can, you know, if, if you have a website or the way they can find you, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, could you let, let yes. people know? Yeah. yeah, thank you very, very much. So, so what I would do is I would, uh, I would direct anybody who's interested in knowing more about the Thrive Programme to check out the Thrive Programme website, which is www.thriveprogram.org. Um, check it out, look at the testimonials, Thousands of people have changed their life with the Thrive Program. Thousands of people, and there are testimonials by many of them on there um, as evidence of how successful the program. That that is important. There's also a list of Thrive Program consultants. I'm one of them, but there are a number of Thrive Thrive Program consultants, mainly in the UK, but some overseas. But either way, get in contact with with the program, and um, we can find somebody that can help you. Right. Thank you for that. And. Um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm glad that you came on, and I'm glad you spoke about, you know, um, you, you know your background, and 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 you've kind of, you know, you've 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 opened up and, and let people know about the things that you went through, and and I hope this helps others that may have got, maybe going through the same thing right now, who may have gone through um, yeah. things, and who have kind of come over the come out the other side. I'm so well, I, I hope so. I mean, I, I, thanks very much, Andy. I mean, I'm, I'm passionate about helping people to 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 create and build great mental health. I, there's, there's nothing more important. Um, so, so thanks for having me on your podcast. And I'd, I'd, I'd very much um, like to, to do some more interviews with you. That would be great. Yeah. And also, I'd like to thank you for your Men on Nuts uh, website uh, uh, podcast and for raising awareness for what is a very very important um, topic. Yeah, thanks for that. And um, that was Men Are Nuts. Um, I'd like to say goodbye and I'll see you soon. Take care.